0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. The enemy is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Let God be true, and every other spirit in this world a liar. Every other voice that is in contention with God's voice over your life is a liar. And I'm coming against it in Jesus' name. I'm casting down those lies. If it's against what God has spoken and what God has promised, it is not only evil, it's not only, you know, mean, it's not only, you know, scary, it's not only just the devil, it's not true. Amen. It's, it's a, Everything that the enemy wants to speak into you is a lie. He's a lie. He's a father of lies. Every spirit that contradicts the voice of God is a liar. Uh, we read in the Word of God in John 8 and 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, talking to the Pharisees, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Are you able to listen to the word tonight? Because some people are really good at listening to the word for everybody else, and they have all the right answers, but they don't receive any of that themselves. And, and it breaks my heart, because that's not a bad person I just described. It's someone who's just real hard on themselves. Uh, they can believe God to move mountains and do miracles in other people's lives. They can lay their hands and believe it's going to happen. And when it comes to them, they just, for whatever reason, the enemy tells them they're not worthy, or that you know, you know, they're just cursed, or this is just their lot in life. They can't believe God's word for themselves like they can believe it for something else. Does anyone in here think that God didn't create the earth, of course, you know we're all there, right? Now, if you're saved, you're there. If you believe the Bible, you know you're there. Um, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Don't you all? But for some reason, the things that 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 are are being are you're being attacked in your spirit by those. It's harder to extend that faith into what's in front of you. You know, it's easy to believe it for somebody else. It's harder whenever you're facing the thing that just won't move. That's, that's what the Word of God says. Um, why do you not understand my speech? You're not able to listen to my word. You are the father, You are of your father the devil. This is what he's telling the Pharisees, not you. But, uh, and your desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in him at all. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources in KJV. Uh, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? You know? And I'm not being hard on everybody, but we, we cannot allow doubt to live there. I always say this about lust, um, you know, especially when I'm mentoring or, you know, or discipling young men. I say, you know, a bird may fly over your head, but you don't have to let it build a nest there. You know, the enemy may bring temptations against you, but you don't have to dwell on those things. You don't have to continue in those things. Um, you know, you, you, you don't have to give it dominion in your life. Well, let's say that about doubt as well, about fear. Um, you know, it's perfectly natural for you to have concerns or even to be worried, but don't let it build a nest. Don't let it continue there. Don't let it take dominion over the place of faith because there is not room in that house in that house for faith and fear. So something's going to have dominion. Every voice that comes against the Word of God in your life is a liar. The Word of God says this in Romans 3, 3-4. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. And what that means is that doesn't mean for us to go lie. It means if there is a conflict of word, then whatever is not God is a lie. Amen? Let God be true in every man, a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Amen? Amen. You know, I just think... uh, God is true no matter what you believe, but for God's promises to come to pass in your life, they have to be believed. I'll say that again. God, God is true, and God tells the truth, and His promises are, are true. However, I can't remember who, who it was. Um, never, uh, never cashed uh, you know, a paycheck for year after year after year, and it just kept collecting in the account. Oh, I know, I remember who it was. Actually, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was us not too long ago like I think uh, uh, sister Polly um, nannies for this uh, for this little family and um, and I was wondering why wh- where the money you know was but because um, he you know the, he has to renew this automatic um, deal every you know on the automatic draft thing you know and so it's supposed to go into uh, you know into her accounts every you know every so often every week every two weeks whatever it is and so uh, for on his finally she realized that it hadn't come through in a little while a good little while actually and so she began to look at it you know and that's a, and I was like you know I'm the one who pays the bills and I was like man what's going on here but I didn't make the connection with her and uh, next thing you know we contacted the you know the, the person and they said oh it's all sitting in that in that special account right there um, but we haven't renewed um, you know the, uh, the, the the thing where it goes into your account you know we haven't renewed that for you know like uh, you know several weeks I, I got this um, you know because they yeah, it, We have not renewed it. We haven't fixed it up to where it will continue to go through. And so while all the work was being done and all of the, uh, you know, it was being earned and nobody was trying to short anybody else, there, there was a missed connection. And I think that a lot of times in the spiritual, what happens is God stores up promises in His Word and in His account that, that, that are ours. It's our you know, it's our promise. You know, he says these things, and they're true. They're our, our inheritance, the things that we read, that God will give us peace that passes all understanding, you know, in every situation, that He'll be faithful, that He will love us, that He'll forgive us, even whenever we have done you know, heinous, wrong things. The, the forgiveness is there. The peace is there. The love is there. The joy is there is there and for some reason, we're missing a connection to where it's just—it's sitting in the account. And God has promised it to us, and we have—you know—not done anything to earn it. But Jesus has earned it for us because, uh, you know, w- whenever He uh, became sin, He took our punishment, and we took the good inheritance, and we got off—you know—basically, you know, scot-free because of grace, because of love. And we—we receive; we became joint heirs. And so the account now has our name on it. But for some reason, some people in here have not made the withdrawal. You just haven't made the connection you haven't you know, stepped out into faith and there are so many different instances in the Bible where God is strong no matter what but but if people don't reach out and take what is promised then, then it'll stay there it'll, it'll appear as if God was not faithful in your life because you didn't have the courage to believe Him to be come on somebody help me out you did not have the courage to believe Him uh, to be who He said that He was in your life, how tragic that would be if the little widow woman, you all know the story if she'd never tipped the jar with the oil in it, you remember the song, and the oil never wasted away and it just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, what happens if she never had the courage or the faith to tip that jar in the first place there's no miracle, there's no book in the Bible about that, there's no, there's no faithfulness, there's no testimony some of you guys just need to tip the jar a little bit in your own life and say uh, you've said it so I am now going to choose to activate it in my life with faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You you talk about this woman with the issue of blood. Um, It's a powerful miracle. She's clawing her way all the way through the crowd to touch Jesus. She has tried everything else to be healed, spent everything that she had, and she has no healing, nothing. You try all the things of this world, they will not satisfy like God, like Jesus can satisfy. And so the next thing you know, she reaches through and touches the hem of his garment. And he immediately he stops and says, virtue has gone out from my body. Somebody has touched me. the way Everybody touched you. No, somebody activated something. Somebody activated faith. And I felt that. I connected with the faith that somebody just had. And somebody who was sick for a long time is now healed. In the name of Jesus, that is us. Whenever we have faith enough to activate the promises of God. In our life, amen. God can do anything. And Sister Jessica, I appreciate her, uh, her sensitivity theologically as she testified because she made like two qualifiers repeatedly. She was like, you know, she's, she's playing and she's singing. She's like, um, basically, God, you, you, are on, you are on your throne. You are God alone. And she's like, well, we always know he's on the throne, but he wasn't really on the throne in, you know, in, in my mind, in my heart, in, you know, in my prerogatives at that moment. And then she recanted again. She said, but he's still on the throne. But he wasn't like, I didn't have him installed in the throne of my heart. the way she. Or I, and, you know, and she was kind of, you know, making sure that she was theologically on point. And I appreciate that. We don't want no heresy. Uh, she was exactly right. But sometimes God um, is not in a place where you're believing him. You're not calling him a liar, but you're just saying you're not choosing to believe. And so what she chose to do in that moment was to put him on the throne of her heart, in her mind, in her belief, in her faith, and have faith in him to be who he was. And it worked. She tapped in to that account. Amen? And that's not even me just making stuff up. Uh, Jesus, whenever he paid it all, there are so many scriptures, especially in Romans and in Hebrews, where it's like a legal transaction that happened on the cross. That the things that, 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 the debt that we owed because of sin, that we could never pay, was paid. He paid my ransom. Next thing you know, I have access to all the things of God. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I want to preach this so bad. No, I'll just kind of try and condense a little bit. If I was going to preach a long, long, long time, I was going to read um, and talk about Elijah. And I feel like I need to get this through. I feel like we need to, we need to hear what God would say. Elijah has just won this amazing victory on the, on the mountain, okay? And so basically what has happened is um, 300 different false prophets um, who are full of the devil. Um, they're, they're wicked. You know, they're, they're, they believe in child sacrifice, and you know, they're, they're wicked, wicked people. Um, people are worshiping them because Israel has fallen into disrepair, and now false gods reign in the place of the true God. And so there's this one guy, Elijah, who stands up, and he challenges um, the, the prophets of the false god to a pray-off, basically you know to a uh, you know to 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 faith uh and, and, so, and that's what it is it's exactly what it is because he says to them uh, let you know if Baal is God then worship him if God is God then let's worship him And and the God who answers by fire let him be God so you call it what you want I call it a pray off between the, these two the, these two factions and so the next thing you know God does an amazing thing. Um, all these 300 people, they're cutting themselves. Blood is gushing everywhere. They're doing all this stuff. They're dancing around, acting foolish, expecting their false god to, uh, to answer this, this prayer. And they don't do it. You know, the altar remains untouched. And then the, the man of God just comes forward and says a humble prayer. Obeys the voice of God. Next thing you know, uh, the fire falls on that sacrifice. It, you know, it, it doesn't just fall. You know when God's fire falls okay because it consumed the sacrifice it consumed the altar it consumed you know the the water it consumed the stones you knew it was God it was a supernatural thing powerful powerful but here's where it got weird after the best day of his life I mean how would you feel like you you know you sometimes you're just like man that is a walk-off home run that is one for the ages we are good that's when the enemy has run out of actual strength. He doesn't have any more prophets. He doesn't have any more political real control like the people's hearts have turned. And so what he has left is the lie. And That's it. But if he can get you to believe that, that's the most powerful thing available. So here's what he says. And Ahab, the king, told Jezebel, who is his sinful wicked wife who who basically props up all these false uh, pr- false gods. She, she is the source of all the contention. She wants uh, the man of God dead. Wicked, wicked spirit. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he'd executed all the prophets with the sword, and Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, um, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So basically he receives a message that says, you're, we're going to kill you. If, I, if we can find you, um, you know, tell you what, may God strike me down, she says. May, may God strike us down if you're not dead by this time tomorrow, by high noon, if you're not dead. Threatens his life. And so he's like, man, everything that I did is just in vain. I'm going to die. I'm going to be dead. Um, you know, the king has declared. I was hoping that he'd turn his heart back to God, not let this, you know, this person come after me. And so he's so discouraged. So, so discouraged when Elijah saw that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba which belongs to Judah and left his servant there so he's on the run but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said it is enough can't win even when it looks like I win I still can't really win you ever feel like that even whenever you're doing the right things it just still doesn't uh, it still won't come together now, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. And he's, as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in strength of that food. Forty days and forty nights, as far as for of the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. That's what you need whenever the word, see the first word he receives in this passage is the word of the enemy. So Like Sister Polly was saying, if you don't want to believe the lie, you better get a hold of some truth. You need to get a word from God word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I, am, I alone am left, and they seek my life. Then he, God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind An earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Sounds like Ohio weather. A fire occurs, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. If I may, Brother Johnny, um, what the Holy Spirit gave me to, to just text him just at random Uh, today was he is always the peace speaker sometimes we just don't listen well enough to hear him that still small voice can you listen can you hear him because we want him to be in the fire You know that that you know we want him to be in the big flashy things. We want him to do all this stuff, but but sometimes the peace that he speaks that passes all understanding is, is just a still, quiet thing that says, Be still and know that I am God. And my promises are true. Whenever you really get a revelation of God, all you don't need any other promise than this one. I love you, my child. Every good promise of God is wrapped up in that one. Whenever a father loves their child, that child will be provided for. Now, it may it, the father may go without food, you know. So we got some fathers in the house tonight that that you know, but whenever he says that, he loves his child, all the the, the children don't have to worry about where this is coming from, where that's coming from. Uh, you, you don't, sometimes we don't even need all these individual, I'm about to speak to somebody right now. Um, my friend, whoever you are, wherever you're at, you don't need the promise or the word that you're looking for from God. You don't need it. Pastor Joe, yeah, but, but, but I want it. I, I, I want to see where it says that, you know, my name basically, this, is, this thing is going to work out. You don't need that. Stop looking for it. Stop it. I give you one promise. I could give you 50 others, but you don't need it. Here's your promise. God loves you. The almighty creator of the heavens and the earth loves you. And he will not forsake you in any way, in any shape, in any form. He can fight your battles. He can provide for he can do everything that a father needs to do, that, a, that your God needs to do, but you don't, you don't need uh, you know, a revelation that says, well, you know, exactly this, you know, that the tax money will be here by the 17th. You don't need that right now in this moment. God loves you enough to, to send his only begotten son to die. So if he loves you that much, then everything else is basically covered. That's what I'm telling you right now. God loves you. You are covered. There is nothing good that he is going to withhold from you. He will take care of you. So stop looking for a fire. Stop looking for an earthquake. And listen to this still, small voice. God would say to you, I love you with a love that you can't even comprehend. And I always will. If I had, I imagine if I had a kid and they asked me, Dad, how are we going to pay for dinner tonight? I'd be like, Hush your mouth. You worry about it, Daddy's got it. Well, Dad, uh, should we turn off all the lights? Or are we, you know, the, how's the electric bill getting paid this month? Go to your room. Mind your business. I'll take care of it. Oh, doesn't that burn you up? You know, when they're constantly nagging and questioning and questioning. And questioning. How's it, How's this going to happen? You know, how? Who do I? look? I'm your dad. I'm. I, I've got this. How irritating must be for God. The Almighty powerful ruler of the universe. And you come to him with this thing and are basically inferring that he can't handle it without saying it. And he's just like, go to your room. Calm down. I am your God. You think my love is so shallow, so cheap, that I will not be who I said I would be? I'm God. And you're mine. You're my child. You may act like a scrub sometimes. Yes, sometimes you, 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 you have issues, you have problems, and you're, you're, sometimes you slip and, and you, you, you fall and, and you, you have good days and bad days, but as long as you're my child and you're getting up, you're following after me, you're, you're still you know, uh, continuing in grace and sanctification and growing and getting up and, and becoming conformed to the image of Christ. You're mine and I got you. However, you got to believe. You have got to believe. So here's, here's my favorite part. I'm going to skip roughly 32% of this. Say amen. Unreal. Unreal. Got more amens right then than I got all night. <clears throat> here, let's, let's just finish right here. Let's finish strong. The, uh, the voice that came into Elijah's life was the voice of Jezebel that said, You will die. I'll kill you. Saying things she didn't have a right to say and that she couldn't back up. However, if he would continue to believe it, he might as well be dead. He'd spiritually be dead. You know, here's the crazy thing because of her voice of lie, he, he wanted to kill himself. How close. Have you ever come to doing the enemy's work and fulfilling the false prophecy? Unreal. What if she said it, and because words have life, what if the prophet gave her the ability to to bring that death to life and say, you know, because she said it, it's definitely true, just because the the, the enemy said it, surely, you know, Satan, the father of lies, I mean, he would never lie, right? So it's got to be real. I'm just going to die. And then he dies. He kills himself, which is what he almost does. Read it. Well, Satan says it. Surely that's true. But that's what he did. And that's what we do sometimes. Whenever the enemy comes into our world, into our life with a lie, that we accept it. And the next thing you know, you've spoken life into that lie. And you've fulfilled it. Don't do that. Instead, do this. Hear the small, still voice of your God who is faithful, who loves you. And this is the coolest revelation in the world to me. This will be worth... Hopefully, if you get it in your spirit, this will be worth it right here. Do you have any idea how much pleasure God derives from proving Satan a liar? There are some things that just make God just love it. He loves to prove the voice of Satan a lie. He loves to come against it. He, he loves to, to, to allow the lie to, to, to happen and then just be standing at the end. I'm, talk, we, I'm talking about the empty grave right now. When the enemy said it's over, that he's dead. And, and next thing you know, Jesus has resurrected and the lie and the curse of sin has been proven and our Savior reigns forever. But here's, here's, here's my favorite part. Um, I said that he loves uh, to prove Satan as wrong as humanly possible, but he actually proves Satan as wrong as inhumanly possible. There is no way to prove her prophecy this false in the natural. It's unbelievable. Um, Because the next thing you know, not only does the man of God not get killed by Jezebel, and not only does she die and all of her cronies... Many years later, we see him hand off the mantle of the man of God to somebody else. And then he is taken up in a chariot of fire to heaven, and he never dies. God has been laughing at the voice of the liar at Satan for 2,800 years, close to that right now, because you you say that my servant's gonna die? Who said that you have the ability to speak death over what I spoke life into? Who, Who gave you that right? And just because he could, God said, you know what, not only is he not gonna die on that day the way you said, he's not gonna die the next day. He's not gonna die the next year. He's not even gonna die the next decade. He's old and he is gray and he is still living. And next thing you know, God says, you know, you know what? Just to remind Satan how much of a liar, how truly weak he is and no matter what he says is a lie I'm actually going to receive that man of God up into heaven. He's going to come with me 2800 years later he still hasn't died. That is how much of a liar Satan is. That is how strong our God is. I'm telling you if I had to pick I would choose life. I would choose God. I would choose the faithfulness of my God because I know that he loves me. Anything that is in contradiction to the promises of God over my life I rebuke it. In the name of Jesus because it is a lie a stand only God only God could make a liar that wrong that is as wrong as you can possibly be there's some prophecies you know are open ended you're like well I, I prophesy that person's gonna die well they probably will eventually you know, so you're at least partially right you couldn't get it more wrong whenever you contradict God and somebody stands in faith and believes him over the lie get ready to see miracles take place and when the stone was rolled away Christ made a lie out of death and that is the promise that we walk out of here with
1: we give you that word
0: Not not, not the finale part but just the real simple part real quick because I just want to make sure you get it deep down in your heart the only revelation my friend that you need in this moment you don't need the fire i know you've been looking for it you've been looking for just like this this aha moment you don't need it you don't need the wind you don't need the earthquake you don't need the fire you don't need nothing you don't need the snow amen yeah. You're done with it what you need is this still small voice that says i am your god and nothing heaven or earth can derail the promise believed.